Hey guys, welcome to part two of the first two-parter that we've done. And it's also, I don't know, I think it's been about two weeks in between these episodes. And the reason why it's been two weeks between these episodes is because I was finishing up with Commonwealth Games. And now we are back to podcast business. B-A-U, P-A-U, podcast as usual. So this is the second part. If you haven't heard the first part, it's in there. It's in the podcast history. You just need to jump back on iTunes or Spotify and you'll you'll see that first part there. But this is a two-part series on finding and protecting your work from copyright infringement. It's not foolproof, but it's the way that I go about it. So in the first part, we talked about why it's important to protect your intellectual property as in your photos, obviously. And I talked about why it's important for photographers to know where their work's being used in what capacity and why it's important for their name to be used alongside it and how publications and photographers can work together to have some mutual benefit because it can be done. And on this episode, I'm going to tell you how I police, how I police my work. And policing sounds really serious, but I do take it quite seriously because it's my work. And I hold the copyright to the photos, and that's really important. I hold the copyright, and you hold the copyright of your own photos. You took the photo, so the copyright copyright sits with you. Like, who else is it going to sit with? You took the photo. Unless you signed a contract or agreed to terms and conditions stating that the photos that you take or that you took are the exclusive property of the publishing entity, that they're yours, pure and simple. That's just how it is. If the publishing entity gives you some level of access you otherwise wouldn't have had if it wasn't for them, then it's pretty, you know, it'd be pretty unfair to not give them any kind of rights. So it's courteous to give them, you know, non-exclusive rights and non-exclusive use of the images. But the copyright is still with you. Every situation is really different. So we'll talk about the importance of legal processes later, but you really should speak to a solicitor if you're unsure of your specific situation, because there's so many different details that can impact the outcome. I only know about my specific situation and how general copyright works regarding the way that I find my contact. I only know about my specific situation and how general copyright works, you know, with the work that I produce and how it's used. I let tools do the policing and I just decide how to progress with that. There's three, there's three parts to finding and correcting unauthorized use of your photos. And I should stress that this is the process that works for me. If you have no process currently, this will obviously be helpful. And if you already have a process, then there might be something in my process that helps you be more efficient with your own. If you already have a process, then there might be something in my process that helps you be more efficient with your own. 
And of course, like always, it'd be awesome if people could share their processes because, you know, we're all learning and someone might have a great technique out there, but we can only benefit if everyone shares their story, techniques, success stories, all that stuff. So let's just jump into step one. Step one in how I police my work is to know your library. So you need to take a look through your image library and see what bands you shoot most often. The more often you shoot for a band, obviously the more chances there are that your photo is going to be picked up and used, which is awesome. And so if I look at my library, it's obviously, you know, the higher, the highest population in there is Violent Soho, Smith Street Band, Wax, June Rats, Skeggs, Clowns, etc. Whatever I have got a huge amount of photos of, that's, I guess, the easiest way to latch on to finding these unauthorized uses. I can't follow every single photo that I, t- that I ever take. So I just focus on the groups or the categories that are most obvious to me when I look at my library. You might do that by band, you might do that by venue, but just understanding what's in your library is important. Step two is to, the second step is to set up a Dropbox folder for copyright infringements. In my Dropbox, in my Dropbox folder, I have a folder. In my Dropbox folder, I've got another folder. In my Dropbox, I have a folder called Photo Uses. And inside that, I've got two more folders. One that's for authorized uses and one that's for, you know, outstanding uses. So one's called... In my Dropbox, I've got a folder and that folder is called photo uses. And inside that, I've got two more folders. One that's for authorized uses of my photo of my. In my Dropbox, I have a folder and that folder is called photo uses. Inside that, I have two more folders. One that's for authorized uses of my photos and one is called outstanding. That's a label that I've given it. The authorized folder is pretty straightforward, but the outstanding folder has individual, you know, individual folders for each time my photo has been used that I wasn't aware of it or it isn't credited properly or they didn't pay to use it as part of a marketing campaign or or something similar to that. Basically, anything I'm not cool with for whatever reason I take a screenshot and it goes in that folder. I name the folders the source name and then a hyphen and then the photo name. And the goal is to have nothing in your outstanding folder and everything in your authorized folder. As you go on, you might want to add a third folder and call that something like abandoned or anything that, you know, you give up on should be put in that folder. When you find some content that breaches your copyright, you can then use that folder to identify who's sort of a repeat offender or who, you know, just being a decent person hasn't really got the result that you deserve. 
you might want to take legal action. You might, you know, find some other option to be more appropriate. But knowing who has made, you know, an effort to amend the situation when you've made them aware of it is one of the most important factors in any kind of long-term set of decisions. Step number three is to set up alerts in a monitoring tool. There's three tools that I recommend. There's heaps out there, right? But the ones that I recommend are Mention, which is mention.com, Awario, which is awario.com, very original, and Social Mention, which is socialmention.com. Mention and Awario are around 20 bucks, you know, US a month. And that's pretty low for peace of mind knowing that you're seeing so much content that you otherwise would have missed because the internet's a busy place. Or you could use social mention, which is free. The benefit of mention or awario over social mention is that you can save the searches. So those common themes that we had in the first step, you can save those searches in mention and awario just to speed that up for you. Whereas social mention, you got to enter your social, you got to enter your search terms manually each time. And that might not be a big deal when you first do it, but over time you'll probably get, you know, really tired of it because your search terms might become more elaborate as well and they might become more detailed. Or you might have a really common name, like changing from Matt Worrell to Matt Walter. So much easier to spell Walter, but there's also more people with it. So where you'll mention allow me to do it based off location, which makes it a lot easier, for example. Now, I used to use social mention, and that's why I moved towards um, Awario, and, and now I use mention. Another reason why I use social monitoring tools over just standard you know, RSS readers is because RSS readers, they only pull in actual articles based off sources. Whereas a wary I'll mention bring in social media posts and articles in the same tool. Because some publishers, they'll use a different photo on social media than they will inside the article itself to give more variety for the, for the reader. So it's really important that you capture both if you want to monitor the use of your work, you know, holistically or really thoroughly. To search, you could either use the name to search, you could either use the name to find who is using your photos and then thank them for crediting you, or you could perform searches on gigs you recently covered, you know, in case anything was lifted from the content recently published and maybe that publisher didn't have a photographer along, but they had a reviewer, so they just pulled a photo from the artist's uh, social media account. Step four, last step, probably the scariest as well, but step four is to contact the infringing publisher. Once you locate an infringement, you should take a screenshot straight up. You might need a screenshot later to prove it happened. And 
that might seem a bit silly because, you know, good people trust that the right thing's just going to happen. But the amount of times I've asked somebody to make a change, they've denied it ever being that way. And then they only accept that they did publish one of my photos without asking or going through any of the, you know, the proper routes. Then when I show them a screenshot, all of a sudden, you know, they're happy to change it. But it's so easy just to change it out. And fortunately, there's only a couple of, um, you know, poorly run publishers online, but new ones could pop up at any time. And so it's a good habit to get into to take a screenshot straight away. Once you have that screenshot, contact the owner of the website and introduce yourself and state what the infringing work is. You can attach a screenshot here if you want, or you could just hold on to it. But what's most important is that you ask for a resolution. Because if you're, if you're not asking them for a resolution, what are you even contacting them for? There's no point. And then equally as important is to thank them in advance for their reply. That's just a comms rule 101 is to tell someone what you want them to do. You're sort of telling them you appreciate them taking an action that they haven't done and then they start to feel a little bit obligated to do it. That's just marketing. It's like a call to action. And in my experience, most publishers or individuals, they'll either you know, apologize straight up and offer to amend it or they'll amend it and just not reply to you, which is why your screenshot's important. In the rare case that no action is taken at all or the publisher just denies it, that's where you got your screenshot as evidence, uh, you know, if you'd like to take legal action. I've seen a lawyer and I've had them prepare, you know, cease and desist and takedown notices for the use of my work because it was just getting really out of control at one point. Um, a couple of years ago, I did that. And ever since, it's been so much easier. It sucked to have to do it in the first place, but when other clients are paying me money and I'm not policing the use of my work elsewhere or not doing anything about that sort of you know free use of my work that I wasn't aware of or was aware of and wasn't doing anything with it, it's not fair on the clients who were doing the right thing who was saying, hey, can we use this photo? Here's my budget. And then I take that money because that's the right thing to do and I'm not policing it. That's, that's not fair. So, so I use the takedown notices. Um, that's what I'll call them. So I use the notices that my solicitor prepared the takedown notice and the cease and desist notice. I use that in case the publisher or individual, you know, doesn't want to rectify the situation or just doesn't get back to me. And there has yet to be a single situation that I've needed to take to court. Because like I said, every time the publisher has done the right thing, either because it was just an accident and they weren't paying much attention or, you know, on that really, really rare occasion, the solicitor's takedown notice is a first step in preparing yourself for further legal action. Like me, I'm sure you don't want to get to that. Just stress no one needs. But that's a final step or the nuclear option, if you want to call it that. 
and just have no luck reasoning you know, like a peer that we have as photographers. Like me, I'm sure you don't want to do it, but it's the final step or the nuclear option if you want to call it that. If you've got no luck in reasoning you know, with a peer in the industry that we're in. We want our photos to be used, but we also want paying clients to actually get value. And so it's not about making trouble or, you know, sort of making waves in the industry. It's just about protecting the value of the work that we produce and also the value of the clients that are doing the right thing and paying for that non-exclusive rights or paying for those exclusive rights, whatever's in that contract. Picking something up off social is, is, never, is never the answer. So in conclusion, so that's like, that's my process. So just in conclusion real quick, know your library, set up a file management system for infringements, set up alerts and monitor them for infringements. There's no point setting it up and not monitoring it. And then contact the infringing publisher and request a resolution. That's my process. And like I said, it's had great, great success. And unfortunately, I see other people who, you know, have not had as much success as me. And sometimes that's because they never asked for a resolution. Sometimes it's because they didn't have the evidence. Sometimes they were just rude about it and the publisher didn't want to do what they wanted. So they took the photo down and, and didn't continue to use the photo in the way that, you know, the photographer would like it to be used. So no one wins. So it's important to be polite. That's the umbrella theme across all that. All right, that's it. That's it for this app. We're going to go back to a weekly routine now that the Commonwealth Games are over. Next week, we'll go back to answering some questions. The questions are piling piling up, so we better clear that out. If anyone wants to see me discuss a certain theme, whoever whoever was at that Hockey Dad show and came up to me and said, hey, can you talk about this on the podcast? I forget what it was. It wasn't quite the theme of bullying in the industry, but it was sort of in that thread. So whoever hit me up at that Hockey Dad show at the Tivoli, can you um, remind me what that is? Because that was such a great topic, but it was just a really busy night. And I don't think any Hockey Dad show is going to be the right mindset to uh, remember important stuff like that. So I apologize. But I definitely want to talk about that topic, so hit me up. Otherwise, we're going to just get into it next week with those questions. If you haven't seen on YouTube, I've got a couple of videos that I've been putting up. And that's feedback, the four-minute photo feedback videos, which I give feedback on three photos from somebody else that has sent those photos in not just going and getting anyone's photos and giving them feedback when they didn't ask for it. So this is people that have requested that feedback. I give them that feedback on three photos. And then on the fourth photo is one of my, one of my own photos that I sort of give myself some self critique and say what I would have done differently next time. Cause everyone's learning. So there's that video up there. There's two of them. And then there's also three apps 
of concept photography editing tips. And that's showing you how I've taken a photo straight from the camera into the end result that you probably saw on Instagram at one time or another. A lot of people want editing, editing help. And so that is my method for helping you with that. So you can head to youtube.com slash filter by Matt Walter, or just go to the filter website at filter.mattwalterphoto.com. And all those videos will be there as well as all of the old podcasts, or you can just subscribe straight on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, if you're a Spotify fan. So that's it. Keep shooting, and I will see you next week with a handful of questions. If you have questions, send them in any way that you follow me on the social media platforms. All right, I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.